You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. This is Joe Swanson from Sullen Radio. Quadrant tattoo needles are being recommended by some of today's leading tattoo artists. Accomplished artists and guests of the show like Bob Tyrell and Rich Pineda are using Quadrant needles daily. Try some of the best tattoo needles ever made for yourself. Use the promo code PODCAST10 at shopquadrant.com and receive 10% off your order. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST10 at shopquadrant.com and get 10% off when ordering some of the best tattoo needles on the market. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. All right, let's get into it. Hey, everybody, this is Joe Swanson. I want to welcome my guest to the show, a guy I'm super stoked on. I, I, I became familiar with him through Instagram, which is, man, one of the reasons I like social media is because you can find guys like this dude who are out there killing it who I'd never heard of before and they're blowing, they're blowing minds. So my guest today is Zach Singer. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Dude, I'm doing awesome. You know, it's, it's exciting for me to talk to, you know, talk to you. I love what you're doing with, you know, let's just get right into it. The mixing of styles. Talk to me about how that style developed for you and and kind of that your beginning in tattooing. Um, I just started out, you know, looking at so many different great artists, you know, and, um, I just, it it took me a while where there was a, you know, I didn't really know which direction I wanted to go. Um, I've always been an artist doing more like abstract, crazy lines and sort of like, you don't really know what it is, but you're just, you kind of appreciate it for the composition. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I started wanting to tamper with portraits and so I got into doing portraits and did that for a while you know and then uh, I I sort of started getting bored with just doing portraits you know I really enjoyed you know running doing line work and you know adding color and just you know kind of changing it up you know and it was kind of weird for a while and it, it took me a little bit to start to really be able to formulate it and get it to flow together properly without it looking too heavy in one area by having you know too much color or having too much color, you know, to make the black and gray look unfinished, you know? So it's kind of a balance, you know, the same way you'd balance something with, you know, light and dark. Do you have a technical background as an artist or is it, or as you were developing as a tattooer, is just these styles kind of, you developed into the, or you went in the way that you kind of liked or the styles that appealed to you? How did that, how did, how did the, Talk a little bit more about that development of that style and, and when did you feel like you kind of hit your flow with it? Um, I feel like honestly with, you know, since last year, you know, was really when I started kind of finding myself, you know, um, you know, like I said, I, I really like, you know, incorporating, you know, line work and really traditional tattoos, you know, influenced me on that. I have tremendous respect for, you know, traditional, uh, traditional style. Um, you know, just the simplicity, but yet, you know, again, you have to have the proper balance of, you know, light, dark, and, you know, breaking down from, you know, the, uh, you know, black, the color, you know, skin tone and crisp, clean lines and having different line weights. You know? mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm rambling. Uh. <laughs> no, that's, it's, uh, it's cool to see where, I wonder where that, 
where how long have you been tattooing and where does that respect for that that traditional aesthetic come from i've been tattooing um about nine years um so um i just i grew up in a street shop you know and i I got to work with a lot of different styles of tattooing you know and i really got to focus on creating a tattoo you know chris and making something look just like a picture you know at the same time i had some drawings and stuff that i did that were kind of weird and i really didn't know how to apply them into the tattoo world because um, you know, you can be able to generate a tattoo that's going to have longevity and, you know, it's going to last it's not too much detail that's going to blur together, you know, years down the road or anything like that. So um, just all of that combined really just kind of led me to where I'm at. It's really kind of random. I'm a very like AD person, but I'm still detail oriented. Mm-hmm. So my brain's always really kind of scattered and kind of everywhere, you know? So uh, and that's one of the reasons I enjoy tattooing, you know, it kind of helps me focus you know yeah i love those dot i love the dot the dot work that you incorporate as well i mean i've been a fan of that shit for a long time i think i incorporated into a lot of my work as well and how did that how did that development happen i mean you these portraits are amazing man i appreciate it um that kind of just happened too i I had done some other tattoos that had some dots in there and and again you know i've been doing portraits for a while I was just hanging out, and I was like, I had this idea. I was like, oh, I want to do a portrait, you know, made out of dots. It's stippling, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually got on Google and, like, was kind of trying to look up stuff and see if it had ever been done, and I wasn't able to find anything. And uh, one of my coworkers, one of my, you know, really good friends, uh, uh, you know, I've been tattooing with uh, Kevin Hicks, um, was like, I'm down to get it, you know? And it was kind of like a crazy moment, you know? I wasn't sure really how it was going to work, you know, but... Um, just broke it down and you know tattooed it. I used a nine round for the whole entire thing, even like the solid areas. Um, and the whole thing with that is what I really like about it is the fact that you can create an image with dots. You know, it's kind of like a TV, how it creates an image with pixels. So, mm-hmm. you know, tattoo artists, you know, I mean, that's basically what we're dealing with, you know? Yeah, um, we're, we're dealing with shapes and it's cool that, you know, you can do that with... You took that same concept of, of basically creating something with shapes and you took it to what I think is a little bit of another level um, where where it's being done with dots and it's and it's pixelated. But you're you're hitting all those darks and you're hitting all those lights. Um, you know, it's cool to see. I mean, right. subsequently, we've seen um, Steve Soto do a, a, a stippled portrait on the palm of a hand. I haven't seen that healed, but it looked good after it was done. I mean, what a great concept if somebody wants to do that. The hand, you always hear about people stippling the palm of the hand. Well, shit. Right, yeah. It opens up a whole new ballgame. Right, yeah. And, and dots, they always heal really well because you have, you know, skin that's not damaged around the dot, you know. So each little dot gets to heal from, like, the outside in instead of it being one big, open, damaged area. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, they heal up great, too. Like, I, I, you know, it's kind of a like an I don't know moment when I did the first one, you know, so we were kind of waiting and watching it heal. And we were really impressed with, you know, how fast it healed and the, the saturations of dots, you know, it works really well. So um, I just kept doing it and it's just been something that people have, you know, really enjoyed. Um, and it's fun for me. I kind of learn something new every time I do them, you know, it's kind of, I've evolved with, you know, doing this style and I've kind of figured out, you know, different methods to achieve different types of shading and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool because you're really you're really taking all these different styles that that are out there in tattooing right now, and I believe that you're one of the guys that it's doing that's mixing all of those styles together, not just you know taking traditional and taking photorealism. You're taking traditional. You're taking photorealism. You're taking dot work. You're taking you know all these different little niches of the community and you're and you're mashing them up and it's it's exciting right. to see you know as as a tattooer yeah. that's been around a long time and seeing a, a bunch of stuff come and go it's neat to see somebody and doing it at such a high level you know tattooing I, nine i really appreciate that yeah it's it's exciting uh, what do you think has been the biggest key in your success and, and gaining such an expertise in, in all these different styles, you know, some guys will work a, you know, a lifetime to, to master color realism and, you know, and, and another guy will last, you know, work a lifetime to master traditional, you know? So what do you think has been the key in your success in that? Uh, man, I don't know. Just really kind of, Except like accepting what I do kind of well, I guess, you know, and implying just the, the, the skills and things that I've learned, you know, that I do well and implying them into one image, you know, and some of the things that I you know, do now that, you know, some of the people, you know, weren't really cool of at first, you know, like some of the floating dots and the bubbles and some of the, you know, and it was something that it was kind of a hard question to answer. Uh, <laughs> um I mean, it's developed over those years, I guess. And was there, was it something that did develop over those, that, that whole nine years? Or is it something you said you kind of hit your stride in the last couple of years with it, um, where you've kind of well, felt just figuring out the, the right balances and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I would not say that my work is, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've grown, you know, as every artist, you know, like, I mean, I'd say any artist you talk to, they're not as happy with their old work, you know. Mm-hmm. And it just took me a long time to get it to where, I mean, the composition and the values and the, the weight of, you know, having blacks or colors to the dot ratio, you know, to make it look like a balanced piece still, you know, to where something... Because, I mean, I feel like sometimes when you mix black and gray and color, you know, if there's too much color, too many colors, you know, it makes the black and gray not hold strong. It makes it look unfinished or something like that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to adjust you know, the values of your black and gray piece to meet the saturation qualities of and values of a colored piece next to it, you know, and make sure when it heals up that, you know, your lights that are black and gray still match, you know, the lights that are, you know, the values of the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with the dots, too, is you can kind of, you know, you can adjust, you know, the contrast of, you know, a, a simple portrait by, you know, adjusting the, the density of the black and gray you're using and the distance between the dots. Mm-hmm. and the size of the needle that you're using. So depending on the area that you're in, you know, it's all, you know, every tool has its application. So it's, it's a real, I don't know, it's taking a lot of, like, balancing and understanding, I guess, of different styles to make them work together. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, do you have a, what's your basic setup that you're running right now? Do you have, um, are you a coil guy, a rotary guy? Do you mix it up a bit? What do you, what do you um, like? I really like everything. Again, I feel every tool's got its, you know, its, its purpose. Um, right now, I'm running a Bishop rotary, and uh, I'm using uh, T-Tech needles. How do you and like so, those, you know, I man? Really, I, I, I've, man, I, I so want to try out the cartridge. Uh, break down that cartridge system for me, man, because I definitely want to try it. You know, when talking to guys on the they're podcast. Really, they're really good. Um, 
you know, they're a little bit bigger needle group, uh, needle size diameters than the, uh, than the hawk needles. Um, mm. So they have more of a traditional feel, but I really like them for doing, you know, I mean, I do all my black and gray uh, portraits and stuff with the like curved soft edge, uh, mm-hmm. nine mags and 13 mags pretty much. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good configurations, man. I and mean, that, shit, dude, yeah. you know, you get those big smooth areas with the 13 and, and you can really fine tune that nine mag, you know? Right. And, and that's one thing too, is I like you know, using different line weights too. Like I love busting out a big fat 14 round and just like running a line straight through the face of a portrait, you know, like to me, it's kind of cool. Cause I mean, it's kind of crazy to do that right off the bat too, cause you gotta really be really careful about saving your stencil and also having the composition of the line weight or the line work going through there properly. So, you know, it doesn't take away from the structure of the face or, you know, change any features and stuff. Yeah. Have you, have you gotten into digital, um, as far as the, the preparation and, and the work, um, that goes into the piece before, or are you still, do you still like to do uh, things on paper? Yeah. I, I, it's, and again, I kind of go with a little bit of a mix. Um, I mean, I'll reference faces because I, I love doing portraits. I love that challenge of trying to make a face look like a specific face. Um, and so, you know, I'll reference a photo and then what I'll do is I'll print it off and then basically I sketch everything onto the photo. So, so it's a good mix, you know, so I've got a good hand drawn, you know, you know, bit of artwork on there and then I use the portrait. So it gives it that good balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when you hand draw something, you can see an artist's style, you know, you can kind of see their finesse through their line work and see, you know, kind of how their brain works. You know, it's not just a photo and you can't you're like oh it's well done but you you can't really tell who did it you know so mm-hmm. i like doing something that's got a little bit of me in there you know and that's something that my you know, my customers and people have really enjoyed so i'm super thankful for it so yeah where are you from where'd you grow up i'm born and raised in dallas texas damn sticking around too huh you're in dallas now right you have uh you work at a shop out there yeah i just opened up my own studio perception fine body art Nice. How's how's that? Awesome experience. Uh, it's been awesome. It's been a great experience. You know, I've got uh, um, you know some guest artists coming down. It, it's just been a crazy experience. Really, it's uh, all new to me. You know, I got a great crew. Um, so, do you run it as a more of that street shop type type of of place, or do you? Is it more of a private studio? What's no, what do you it's, like? It's a little bit of a mix. We all, I mean. We do a lot of appointment only because the things that we do tattoo are, you know, pretty artistically driven. You know, everything we do is custom, hands-on. You know, we're always pushing it to the limit to give you the best tattoo that we can. Um, Mm -hmm. The goal here is, you know, to give you the tattoo you never knew you always wanted. So... Yeah, I mean today's day, man, it's 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 a whole new ball game with with shops and and with tattooing. Oh yeah, there's there's so many good artists. It. <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy what has been what was the hardest thing about opening up your own shop and what has been the best thing about it uh man <laughs> the best thing about it is having you know just a place that i can come to and create you know and i can offer you know, a nice environment to my customers and kind of give back to them you know and have a shop that matches the quality of the tattoos that you know i'm giving them you know mm-hmm. um I mean, one of the hardest things is just, you know, putting on the boss pants, you know, and kind of, you know, having to really take charge and make sure everything's ran because, you know, as an owner, if you don't do it, no one's going to do it. You kind of have to lead by example and, you know, just 
work hard and hopefully, you know, everybody else sees your hard work and what you can achieve by, you know, really just working and, you know, really creating and doing your stuff. Mm-hmm. How did you get into nine years ago when you, how did you decide you wanted a tattoo? Um, and, and how did, how did that process happen for you? How did that, how did it come about that you, did you apprentice or what was the process? Yeah, I was, I've always been into tattoos. I was a little skater kid growing up. So all the older guys were, you know, tatted up. And, uh, when I turned 18, my father took me to get my first tattoo. And then, uh, it pretty much just started from there. I started getting more pieces and then, uh, ran into the owner of the shop, uh, Billy Jack Gunner. He, um, apprenticed me for three years. And then, uh, after the three years, I was pretty much was full on tattooing. Mm-hmm. What was that? What was that three years like, man? Pretty, pretty standard. What you think of as a traditional apprenticeship, or I went through a pretty traditional apprenticeship. I mean, I went through it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, stuff that I, you know, I, that a lot of the apprentices should be thankful that they're not having to deal with. The, the whole industry has changed tremendously, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people coming up without apprenticeships and stuff like that. You know, uh, when I started, there wasn't any TV shows. There wasn't anything. It was really um, more kind of like a, oh, you're gonna tattoo. It wasn't like a necessarily a cool thing to everybody. You know, um, through the first years, people would you know would be like, oh, you tattoo. You know, like kind of I guess look down upon it. You know, not you know now everyone's like, oh, you're a tattoo artist so cool and you know because there's all the shows on tv so mm-hmm. all do you, right. how do you think the show do you think the shows have helped at all or do you think they've just oh, hindered for sure. okay what's what's your take I on think, them i think it's cool i mean the fact that more people are getting knowledge about quality of tattoos which i think is very important a lot of people think you can just have a cool idea or a cool image and just take it to anybody with a, with a tattoo machine and it's just going to come out awesome you know and people are really starting to understand that tattooing is an art form in itself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, that, and that's something I think is really cool. You know I mean? There's always, you know, every tattoo artist gets asked what it comes to watch, you know, this tattoo show or that tattoo show. And, you know, it, you know, some people may have their opinions, but for the most part, I think it's cool. Yeah. What's been, what's been the biggest help for you in developing into the artists that you are today and having the clientele base, is it growing up in Dallas? You've been around there so long. People trust you to do these projects that you want to do. Um, what has been that development like, you know, from the beginning uh, when you were working at a street shop to now where I assume that you're doing mostly custom pieces and you kind of, you know, pick and choose your right. projects. Yeah. Uh, we do do a lot of custom work here at perception. Um, I, Hello? Yeah. So, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, you repeat that one more time? Just what's what's helped you in developing into an artist that can pick and choose from from being a guy who was in a work walk-in shop and, and had a fairly traditional apprenticeship? What has been... Right you know, the, the uh, biggest I mean, thing, because a lot of guys are out there struggling at that mid range level, you know, where you know, they, they do right. some custom pieces, but they kind of, the bread and butters, the street shop shit. And, you know, they can't make that leap to full custom yeah. guy. Um, uh, 
I mean, when I first started out, you know, I, I there was times where I didn't tattoo for a few days at a time. You know, I didn't necessarily have the money all the time to, you know, do stuff. It was really just self-promoting and, and just working hard and always drawing and trying to trying to be an artist and create. You know, I mean, everyone here's an aspiring artist. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like all real artists. You know, when they're first starting, some people think you're crazy and some people think you're not. You know, and you just kind of do your thing and then. As your style develops, you know, you become better at it as you do anything. Just, I guess it's really believing in yourself and in your style and not necessarily always trying to do what you see another artist is doing and just mm-hmm. doing it because they're doing it and other people like it, you know. And I feel like you can see that in people's work, you know. Um, I think it's really cool when you can see, like, a will just call it a nism or something like that behind their work. You know, you can really see that, that there's a connection and there's a cohesiveness between everything that they do and it has just, like, a... A consistent quality, you know, that I feel like um, as an artist that you that you develop yourself, you know, and then other customers, they start to see that people see that. And it's, you know, I guess they just appreciate it as much as you appreciate your art, you know, so you love yourself and others will love you. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a what was similar the, connection, I guess. Yeah. What was the worst shit you had to do during your apprenticeship? The worst thing I had to do? <laughs> yeah, like what was the... I'm uh, looking back on this, and you, you know, you say it's fairly traditional, you know, I had to do some shit that these guys don't know, you know, new guys coming up that that don't know what an apprenticeship even entails. What was that worst shit that you had to do? Just being there. I mean, I, I mean, it was literally... I mean, I had a job before I started my apprenticeship, you know, and uh, basically I had to find a job that I could wake up, go to work from seven o'clock till noon to scrounge up at least enough cash to pay my, you know, my rent. Um, and it just, it just took a long time. And I feel like a lot of friends are now, they're, they're so caught up in a whole different type of lifestyle. It's more of the rock star lifestyle of it, you know, which is always a good, you know, fun thing, but there's a special mix, you know, and you just got to put the work in, you know, I mean, I was there an hour before the shop opened, even if no one showed up, on time, I'd still wait out front, you know, and just, it's just a whole combination of just everything, just mm-hmm. the whole, I'm kind of hard for me. <laughs> no, I think you, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. It's, it's about hard work, you know, obviously there's, you have to put in that time, you have to develop your talents, you know, you, I, I think at a certain point you have to put people around you um, that are going to be good teammates to for success you know what i'm saying right yeah so uh, what what is it like for you in dallas man you, do you like you grew up there you're staying there what do you like about dallas um i just you know i've got a great clientele here you know and it seems like um you know they really let me do whatever i want and they they really like my work and i've traveled a bunch and been to a lot of different cities and I just enjoyed Dallas as a good home base. I haven't really found a place that I could move to and call home, you know. I like mm-hmm. the lakes and stuff like that. I'm really into wakeboarding and wake skating. So, um, and I don't live too far from a lake. So Nice. How's that? Wake skating <laughs> Wake skating's pretty cool. How long have you done that? Uh, I've been wake skating for, shit, like nine years, ten years. I used to do wake skate contests and stuff before I got more into tattooing. And that's one thing, too, as apprentices, they don't understand. that It got me back on that. I was like, I had to 
not necessarily give up a lot of stuff, but I was the kid that was always like riding dirt bikes, extreme sports, didn't want to do shit. You know, you really, it really humbles you and breaks you down and you really have to want it. You know what I'm saying? Because this industry is only what you make of it because every person that's in this industry, they all have a tattoo machine and they all have ink. So, you know, and that's the thing is you just got to really eat, sleep and shit tattooing <laughs> to yes. make it, you know, and, and you know, and it's a love thing too. It's not something you, I don't feel like if you don't love it and you enjoy doing it, you know, I don't really think you're going to make it too far if you're just trying to do it for the money for all the other types of stuff that come with it, you know, at the same time, you know, it's, you got to really just enjoy it. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a whole ordeal. <laughs> yeah. I think to get to the point where, where you're at and the, you know, a lot of these top level artists are at, does take an incredible amount of work. It takes an incredible amount of sacrifice. You have to have an end game and a plan to be able... If you don't, those things, those things that you're giving up will eventually... I think it's going to be hard for you to continue to give those things up, you know? If you don't have a plan like, hey, I'm going to do this for this long so I can achieve these goals so that I can have, you know, so I can change these things, you know? Right. So... Um, what, what kind of, where's your favorite place to travel outside of Dallas? If you, if you're going to conventions, there's, there's so many options these days for guys, you know, to go to conventions. W- what are your favorites? Oh man. Uh, there's a lot of conventions I still would like to go to that I haven't been able to get into or make it to yet. Um, I'm, I'm still kind of, I've been, you know, to Boston, I've been uh, to New York, Cali, uh, I've been to New Zealand, Australia, and places like that uh, for conventions. I'd like to make it over to London, uh, Germany, do more stuff overseas. I, I love mm-hmm. traveling and seeing the world. Um, so, I mean, that's some of my goals for this year is to make it more overseas. Yeah, how was how were those first international trips for you? How exciting was that? It was amazing. It was super cool. I love. Uh, it was awesome. I got to drive on the opposite side of the road. That was a cool experience. <laughs> <laughs> that sticks out to me, uh, but it was it was great just seeing just talented artists from other areas. There's so many good artists out there. Uh, I wanted to get tattooed, but I did a lot of tattooing while I was there, which was a good thing. Uh, who um, did you want to get tattooed I, by? Uh, Emily Rose Murphy was one I wanted to get tattooed by, but of course she was booked out, which is awesome for her, <laughs> <laughs> but not for me. Um, so hopefully I can plan something out maybe for this year or something. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing artist, man. She's, she does such powerful work, you know, talk, oh, ab- man, talk so about, clean. yeah. So t- talk about her and talk about some of these other artists that you're inspired by that, that are, that you feel are pushing it and, and killing it today in tattooing. Oh man. There's so many, <laughs> there's so many kind uh, I mean, some that just stick out in my head just from like when I was younger that, when I, you know, was learning and uh, was Robert Hernandez, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Insminger, of course, Nico. He's a legend, a beast. Um, really like uh, uh, Nick Baxter. Mm-hmm. What sets these guys' work apart in your mind? When you look at them uh, and, and... They just They just really stand out um, just with their colors and their... I don't know. I, I really see like a 
a connection between people and their art. And I just, I really just like where their brain's at. I don't really know how much more <laughs> to say in words, but just, uh, just really their understanding for, you know, implying just in combinations of nature and just awesome color theory and the, the color palettes that they use are just so, so right and real. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, they just have a great understanding for line weight and areas that you shouldn't necessarily have line weight. Um, Another person, Timmy B. That guy is amazing. Great dude. Um, he's one of my favorite tattoo artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Phil, Garcia. Phil Garcia is just awesome. Uh, Andreas Acosta, super inspirational. Uh, just all those guys. I just, I just really enjoy seeing high-quality tattoos of people that mm-hmm. really put all of them into their craft. And, you know, that's just it's awesome. And that's what, you know, gives me a lot of drive as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what kind of stuff, um, outside of tattooing, man, what kind of stuff do you like still doing? Do you, you still do the wake skating and, um, what kind of other stuff is, is occupying any of the small amount of time that you might have, uh, to yourself? Uh, man, I, I, I really, I tattoo a lot <laughs> <laughs> and draw a lot. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy working out. I eat really healthy. You know, health is a big part of my life. Um, mm-hmm. The healthier I've gotten, you know, I've noticed my art's changed. I, my, the quality of my art has changed. My hand's not as shaky. My, you know, I just feel better, you know. What kind of uh, what kind of diet are you on? I'm just making sure I eat organic uh, and just lots of vegetables and just really watching, making sure I'm not eating crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so- Basically trying to eat as clean. Oh, definitely. Lots of vegetables, grass-fed beef. Uh, Make sure the chicken I eat is free-range. No GMO vegetables. You don't need any of that. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just just trying to be, you know, healthy, conscious, and aware. And that's one thing I like to kind of promote with my tattoos as well, is, you know, some sort of little bit of enlightenment, just some... Just kind of some soul or some spirituality connection mm-hmm. through it. You know, I feel like a lot of people enjoy uh, seeing that. And they're all subconsciously drawn to it as well. Yeah, talk about that, man. Let's let's talk a little bit about y- your spirituality and, and your thoughts on that, and what kind of things you're trying to impart on on folks in, in when you're tattooing them, and then just in general in life. Yeah, I draw in a lot of clientele that are, you know, are very spiritual and into geometric shapes and mm. stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I'm into that stuff as well, you know, and like vibrations attract. So, you know, a lot of the people that see my work, you know, they want to come to me because they see that in there, you know, and I'll, and mm. I'll put, you know, I don't just like randomly put crystals in there because I think it looks cool. I, you know, I have crystals at home, you know, I wear Moldavite rings, uh, Numerite. Um, I wear all sorts of crystals and stuff like that. I like to put those into my tattoos because different colored crystals, you know, imply different chakras. It goes all into another different thing, but, you know, um, and that's another thing, too, is you start laying geometric patterns over faces. It, you, it, the reason that it works so well is because all these geometric patterns and stuff are what faces, I mean, it's basically the blueprints of the faces and of everything that you are drawing and stuff. So, um, you know, when you take a, the flower of life and you lay it over a face, you know, it, it seems crazy and weird, but it, the way it lines up, it'll always line up perfectly with the eyes. It'll always line up perfectly with the nose. It'll always line up perfectly with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Have you ever used a, a golden mean caliper? Excuse me? Have you ever uh, heard of the golden ratio? I'm sure having studied oh, yeah, some. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fire ratio. The, the so there's, yeah, yep, yeah. yep, the Fibonacci sequence, golden mean, um, the ratio of, I think it's like 1 to 1.618, on and on and on and on, on to infinity. And well, there's there's this. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like, are you going to keep going with that number? I was like, if you know more, that would be Dude, I used to know about, <laughs> fuck, I used to know about like 10 digits. And uh, in the in the thing, but I can't, you know, I can't remember that shit right now. But uh, I have this thing. I ordered it out of Australia, um, and then I turned uh, Greg James, um, wonderful tattooer, onto it as well. He bought all three sizes, but it's a uh, a golden mean caliper. And for guys that are doing now, I think I think there's probably you know some sort of Photoshop version of of it as well. Um, but this is like an actual tool that's that's made stainless steel. And it provides that ratio, and I've used it in my tattooing, man. It's super dope. I actually gave one to um, Ryan Smith at Solon last year at Ink and Iron as a gift. Um, but cool. yeah, dude, it's it's fucking dope. Like I did this one, um, this one piece, which was like four or five different kind of flowers that this lady wanted to represent kids or whatever it was that she wanted to to represent. And I just I used this caliper, and I made each flower kind of a ratio um, up or down to the other one. And they were all within the golden mean and they, they had um, the flow, man. It was, it was fucking cool. You know, it was one of those pieces that right. was the and first that's the thing too, is that that whole thing is like, I mean, it's the same way Picasso would do those paintings and people would like them, you know, because he understood composition and composition mm-hmm. is based off of the golden ratio. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, that's love and that's everything. It's like everybody is consciously drawn to it. And that's, I mean, that's what makes good art good art is people are either, they're basically channeling those ratios, whether they think they are or not. <laughs> Even yeah. down to the way that they're shading, you can break down the amount of black, the color to skin into the ratio as well. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's the same thing. I so, geeked out on it. Yeah, I mean, I geek, I geeked out on it for a while, and to the point where I was breaking. I I thought about breaking down even my first podcast, the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast. Was for those listeners who don't know, it's my other podcast. I did it for about two years, did about seventy shows or around there, and it was all the beginning of this whole thing, which has become Sullen Radio, and I still do my other podcast. It, it's I'm taking time off right now of recording with people just to focus on Sullen Radio, but. Um, I broke the, I got so geeked out on this shit, man. I broke it down to where I was like breaking my podcast episodes down into like the, the, the golden ratio of time, you know, segments. Oh, okay. I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to try to get it to as close to these many minutes and I'm going to, you know, transition into this and try to get it to as close to these many minutes. Well, you just like started breaking stuff down into the minutes too. Like, <laughs> yeah, like crazy dude. Gotta I, stop at three thirty-three. Yeah, exactly, man. It was like, it, it's like, all right, if I'm going to do this month, you know, this many minutes show an hour show, how can I break this down into segments that would be the golden ratio? And, I mean, I, you know, I geeked out on it hard for a little while. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome too. Like, and what's crazy too is you'll know, like if you just start drawing stuff and if, when you're happy with your drawing, if you took that and you started just laying that over your image, you'd be surprised how many things you could lay out. Like, Oh, this lines up perfectly with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is like, Oh, it's just, and that's just how everything works. <laughs> it's yeah. Awesome. 
it's wild, man. I've seen some, I mean, for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about right now, the golden ratio or Fibonacci sequence, just Google that shit. You'll, you'll, you'll be good for like a whole week of, of YouTube videos and, and article reading. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Um, what's yeah, I mean, Those are the, a lot of the things that I like to imply into my stuff is like mm-hmm. growth and like I'll, I'll do a lot of uh, floating black pearls. So you feel like, what's that black ball? I'm like, what's a black pearl? And black pearls absorb negative energy as well. Wow. And so you can even go as deep to where your body's 98% water, the power of thought, you know, expecting the, you know, the physiology of your entire body. So you start putting some of these things on there with the power of intention and stuff like that with these mm-hmm. other things, you know, you can actually have a pretty spiritual, you know, divine peace. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll put like a negative, you know, I'll, excuse me, I'm rambling, but I'll put the, the black pearl over like the third eye and stuff like that. It's like, you know, kind of to ward off like evil and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a powerful, you know, spiritual empowering thing. And I feel like when people know that and they look at their tattoos, whether it's placebo or not, it's still, a, it's like, oh, this is, you know, defends against, you know, Black magic or whatever <laughs> nah, um, man. you want to call it, negative energy or just, you know, whatever. And then, like the leap that I'll put in stuff, you know, I'll have it coming from typically within the person. And I always try to make like my cutouts and stuff coming out of like the person. So it's kind of like, you ever seen the movie WALL-E? Yeah. Uh, yep. You know how there's that robot and he's trying to find that last leaf to like save the planet? Uh-huh. It's basically like that same concept. I usually try to do just like one leaf, you know, and have it to where you know, up floating and above, you know, and to kind of have like a, like a human and nature kind of connection, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a positive growth from within, you know, yeah. so. Now that's great, man. I love it. You know, I'm, I've been over the last few years, I've, um, gotten more and more into this kind of stuff. And my wife right now is going to a school down in Santa Cruz for, um, botanical healing. So, so we've been super into oils, essential oils, you know, how you can utilize them for not only, you know, physical health, but also spiritual health and super, super good, cool stuff, man. Like, you know, people don't realize the power that they have, you know, at, at it with not only within themselves, but the things around them that they can take advantage of, you know, right. Even down to just being, you know, PMA, you know, the positive mental, mental attitude, you know, that gets floated around so much these days especially in tattooing and, and, um, these different, you know, alternative cultures This PMA idea is, it seems simple, but it's so powerful. Definitely. Uh, I mean, it's super important. I mean, it, when I talk about something like that, it's, it kind of puts me out of words of just how, like, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. such an understanding that, you know, I feel like a lot of people subconsciously understand you know, and you got to really kind of like strip your ego away from a lot of things and see things for what they are, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that too is kind of like how you have to break down art, you know? Sometimes like when you do a portrait, like I'll notice different things like an eyebrow is here, a nostril is a different shape or something like that. You know, it takes a lot of acceptance, you know, and just to to observe and see things how they are and not necessarily always try to change everything, you know? Right. I think I, you know, things will naturally evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool, man. Where do you see your uh, your career evolving to um, in, in this next year and um, in, in the future? I mean, man, hopefully just, I mean, meeting more talented artists uh, and just keep 
evolving myself and the shop and the people around me and being healthy and just good vibes. I know it sounds a little generic, but no. Um, hey, as gen as generic as it may sound, man, it's it's. I think it's the way that a lot more people should be, you know. And I try. I think we all try to. You know, a lot of people try to do that. Man, there's struggles every day. You got to push through that. You got to figure out ways as as an artist and as a human to push through those struggles. And you know, a lot of times, shit, man. A day later, two days later, two weeks later, it's not even on your radar what you were stressing about. You know, back back right. two weeks ago. Right, right. So. Right. You just got to be in the moment, be in the now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. I, I, I was thinking about as the new year, um, rolled over and I was just thinking about, okay, I want to think about making a resolution that would be that, that I think I can handle and that I think I, that I should be mindful about. And my, I've been talking to a couple people and, um, my resolution for this year is to live with intention, you know, intentionally, and man, I fuck up a lot, but it's, it's, it's my goal. You know, it's, it's being more mindful to maintain that goal of being intentional to the point of not just running around my house, knocking shit over and, and, you know, or, um, forgetting something when I'm, when I'm leaving the house, I'm notorious for doing that shit. So I really, I oh, really yeah. think, uh, you know, that's something that I'm working on and, and it's cool to see and hear about other people that are out there that are like-minded trying to, trying to, you know, put out good vibes and be positive and, and it's great to yeah. hear, man. Yeah. And I feel like that's one thing too, is like your mood, you know, like I, I feel like I kind of self-reflect through my artwork, you know, so I guess one of the things too would be to, for my artwork to, you know, kind of keep expressing my, my evolution, uh, you know, mentally and, you know, spiritually, I feel like with, you know, the world and everything, you know, and mm -hmm. that'll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good, man. I, I love it. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've been asking guests who've come on the show is how they've connected with Sullen, you know, Sullen Art Collective is, is, a bunch of artists and they do seem to be like-minded. They do seem to be positive. And how did you connect with Sullen and what's been your experience with, with working I with mean, them? I mean, it's the whole concept. I mean, the whole concept real recognized real, you know I mean? That's a real thing. And, um, everybody that's in Sullen has been nothing but awesome and nice to me. You know, it's a great group of people and they're all super talented and everybody seems to be very, you know, work driven and, you know, really wanting to push forward and, and create a good outlook for the tattoo community, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's something that's really awesome. You know, they're really doing a lot of different things, you know, like charity events and stuff like that. Just really being a part and, you know, making, you know, the, the connection between the, the, the tattoo artist and the people, you know, more personally, but creating shirts and hats and stuff that's tangible, you know, that, maybe some person that is scared to get a tattoo or something, they can still get a cool badass shirt from, you know, one of right. their favorite artists, you know, and at a high quality at the same time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, thank you so much, Zach. How would somebody get a hold of you or what's the best way to, to touch base with you? If somebody wanted to either find out your travel schedule to get tattooed or, or buy a piece of artwork that you have available. Uh, I mean, the best way is to shoot me an email at perceptionfinebodyart.com. Uh, and for some reason, this just came to me too. It's like I feel like a lot of my art too 
is like I feel like it kind of just comes through me. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's just like it it just happens. Because people ask me, "How do you come up?" And like, there's I mean, sometimes truthfully, I I don't know. <laughs> it's just something that comes out. And I feel like it was supposed to be made into a piece of artwork or something. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll see, like, whenever I have a portrait or something like the expression or the the lighting or something will trigger like a, like a story or like some sort of a scene into my head. And sometimes that'll kind of help me create, you know, what, you know, I'm creating. Yeah. No, Um, it's, it's, it's true, man. I've had those experiences, you know, those projects that are going to be the good ones when they, when the drawing comes together so well and, and things kind of just seem to fall into place from concept to, to finished products. So, um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, man, um, give them the name of the shop, email, places that they can reach out to get a, a tattoo or a piece of artwork. Yeah, for sure. You can get a hold of us at uh, Perception Fine Body Art. Um, the the email is Perception Fine Body Art at gmail dot com. The shop number is four six nine eight zero two nine one eight zero, and we are located at. 18352 Dallas Parkway, Suite 136, Dallas, Texas, 75287. Great, man. Well, I would encourage everybody to go check out Zach's work, um, Zach Singer. Go check out the website. Um, Man, thank you so much for talking with me, dude. I appreciate it. You've been very open and honest, and I love your work, man. It's exciting to see uh, guys like you doing great things in tattooing. Appreciate it. Uh, and my Instagram is uh, Zach Singer Inc. So check that out as well. Yep, check that out. You can always find uh, me on Instagram, OG Joe Swanson. You can also follow the official Sullen Radio page at Sullen Radio. Um, and always, you can go check out the website and the blog. That's SullenRadio.com. Um, there's going to be tons of new stuff going on over there. Um, and so, yeah, go check it out. And thanks everybody for listening. Thanks again, Zach, for coming on. I appreciate it, dude. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Zach is such an amazing talent and a great guy. I appreciate you coming on the show, Zach. I'm also thankful to you guys, the listeners, for supporting the show each week. I appreciate it and can't wait to meet some of you in person at our first live event of 2015. Sullen Radio is coming this month to Musink at the OC Fair and Events Center in Southern California. On March 20th through the 22nd, I will be recording for the show live from the Sullen booth. Stop by to introduce yourself or to catch one of your favorite artists talking about tattooing. Check out SullenRadio.com for more info. And remember, thanks for listening and keep hustling.